Today, we're concluding our uh, spiritual disciplines series, and we've gone through uh, many different ones from the spring and then into the fall this last month. And so today, I just want to kind of start off with a story to kind of get into what we're talking about today, and that's Sabbath rest. And so about a couple years ago, I think it was actually before um, the Costco in Bonnie Lake had been built and was finished, my, uh, Danny, my wife, and I wanted to go shopping after church, and we went to Costco. And it was really convenient because the Seahawks were playing. And if you've ever been in Costco, of course, none of you guys would because you're all diehard Seahawks fans. You're watching every game. But um, fun fact is if you go to Costco the day that the Seahawks are playing or right during the game, it's like dead zone. So like you can go shopping on a Sunday and it's like, you know, you're like there on a Monday night late. It's so peaceful and quiet and serene. And so there is, it's just, there's a joke there, but there's two, two things you should do when the Seahawks are playing. If it's a 10 a.m. game, you should be at church. And then if you're not, if it's not a 10 a.m. game, you should be at Costco. So that's like, that's, the, that's my rule of thumb, unless you're watching it and you can do that. But Danny and I were wanting to go shopping at Costco on, on a Sunday afternoon after church. And so we're like, you know what? We're going to go to Puyallup because I was like the closest one. And then we're going to make a day of it and a date of it. And we're going to go to Chick-fil-A before. And we're going to have a great chicken sandwich. It's going to be so good. And I'm going to get the sweet tea. And my day is going to be made. And just like, you know, doing our little chores for the day. And so it's probably happened to, to many of us or maybe just me. But you pull into the parking lot and you're like, where's everybody at? And so then you're like, oh, man, it's Sunday. And so you, you realize that they're closed. And you're not going to be able to have your Chick-fil-A. And so it's just this feeling of discontent and this feeling of like, why are they taking rest on Sunday when I'm hungry and I want to eat and I want to have food in my stomach? And so, of course, we just ended up probably at Chipotle or Panera. That's Dan those are Danny's like staples. But um, there's just this like interesting thing when we're talking about Sabbath. What we're talking about is an intentional time of rest and to do no work. And so as we kind of jump in, we've all heard it's about like businesses being closed on Sunday. Another one, Nico Teriyaki used to be closed on Sunday, but now they're open. And so it's just like, you know, when you want like Sunday afternoons are like when I'm my hungriest. And so it's like when I can't have the food I want, it makes me really disappointed, but happy when they choose to be open. But it's more than just thinking of Sabbath as a closed on Sunday mentality. Or for some of us, we might think our Sabbath is going to church. Uh, in reality, God's intention of Sabbath is much larger than maybe what we uh, were brought up believing or what we like read in Scripture and think. And so today, as we unpack Sabbath, it's really an extension of what we talked about last week with silence and solitude. It's an intentional time for us to be alone with God for a 24-hour period to have a day of rest with God. And so we're going to unpack the history of it. We're going to look at the two different commandments that spell this out. But before we get to there, let's go to the very beginning. In Genesis 2, this is where we get this idea of Sabbath. And so this is what it says in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. This is after the first Genesis 1 where God created everything, all the heavens and the earth, everything on the earth. And so then it says this in Genesis 2. It says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. 
And so what we get from this is an almighty God who chose to rest when he was finished. The word that's used there for rested is Shabbat. And it basically means the cessation of creative activity. So simply put, it means to stop. And so it wasn't that God was tired after he was finished creating the heavens and the earth. It's not that he was fatigued, but that he intentionally chose to stop. And then as we read more later, it'll say he rested. And so it's important that we understand that this is the beginning. This is God's like intentional structure of the universe that he wanted to create a time where there's six days and then there's a seventh where you stop and you're able to rest. And so we'll investigate more of this moving forward um, in both Exodus and Deuteronomy. But before we do that, let's jump to Jesus. In the, um, Mark chapter 2, we're going to read about a story. Because what's really important to understand when you read about Jesus and his teachings and like the disagreements that he had with the Pharisees and the other re- uh, religious rulers is that they really did not agree with um, Sabbath practice and how Jesus lived it out and how the Pharisees wanted to live it out and how they thought they were supposed to do it. And so the Jews of Jesus' time took Sabbath keeping very, very seriously. And so it was one of Jesus' just most common disagreements. You can pick up any or a number of the Gospels and be able to read and find out there's disagreement about the way Jesus lived his life and the way the Pharisees thought he should. And so we're going to read one example of this in Mark 2, 23-28. And so it says this, this, this story. It says, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And so then this is the key to kind of set our mentality for what we're talking about today. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of, the, needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And so to the Pharisees, grabbing a few heads of grain from a wheat field was the same to reaping a harvest of the entire field. So for them, just to simply grab and pluck was the same as doing a full day's work. And so what Jesus does is he refers back to the Old Testament story that says even David, and so if you know anything about Jesus' lineage, he's in the line of David. He's this coming king that, that he talks about, and he's the son of man. And so he's like, you guys have it all wrong like you, you don't understand the purpose of the Sabbath. And so he sums up the purpose of the Sabbath with that statement. And so this is what he says again, the Sabbath. And so remember, it's a blessed and holy day that God intended was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So as you continue in this story into Mark chapter 3, Jesus goes to the synagogue right after this and he heals a man with a deformed hand. And so again, this is still on the Sabbath day. And what happens is the Pharisees begin to get so mad about what Jesus did because he's like, you can't heal. They're telling Jesus, you can't heal on the Sabbath. That's work. You can't do that. And Jesus is like, well, can you really, like, good deeds can be performed on the Sabbath is basically what Jesus is saying. 
He's like, there's a law against work and it's a, an encouragement to rest, but there's no, it's not saying that you can't do good things on a Sabbath day. And that's what Jesus did by healing the man. And so the, they take it so seriously. And just so you understand how seriously they took it, this is what the scriptures say, is what the Pharisees begin to plot to kill Jesus. They begin to actually plan to kill Jesus because of the way he was intentionally living on the Sabbath. And so today our big idea is that God established Sabbath to bless his people. And so it's important to say from the outset that we're, hiding, we're highlighting Sabbath as a spiritual discipline in this series, not to introduce a new set of rules for you to live by, not to you to begin to think, well, I can't amount to this. I can't take a full 24 days off and I can't do this, that, and the other thing of the, what I think I should live my life on Sabbath. We're not trying to introduce a new burden. We're trying to be, introduce actually a spiritual practice that can change the way you live. And so remember what we talked about last week. It, the, our spiritual disciplines are an opportunity to do three things. One, to be with Jesus, to intentionally have time with him in whatever we're doing. To number two, become like Jesus through those practices. We're becoming more and more like him. For third, the purpose of being able to do what Jesus would do if he were you in your life. And so we hit on a lot of that last week and what it means to just spend time with God and let it change our lives. But to give you a good, succinct definition of Sabbath, and this is kind of like a Christian um, definition, a like this side of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, this side of the Holy Spirit being a part of our lives. An author by the name of Pete Scazzaro, he, he describes Sabbath like this, simply in one sentence. He says, biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. And so really, this is this opportunity to grow in our relationship with Jesus by taking a set day out of our week to say, God, I'm choosing to give this to you. And so for God's people in the Old Testament, there's a more strict definition. We, when you begin to re, read, um, and we're going to read in Exodus and Deuteronomy, it's these stories of the Ten Commandments and how God revealed to them first, and then 40 years later he did it again. And so we'll, we'll unpack what all that means. But it's like, although we're living on this side of Jesus, it's important for us to go back into the Old Testament and see how God intended his people to live their lives so that we can learn and through Jesus begin to understand what the purpose of these things we're doing. And so God commanded Sabbath, but then we read Jesus helps us interpret how to live a Sabbath lifestyle. And so to, give you, to get you caught up, we're going to read in Exodus 20. And basically, God has delivered his people from, uh, from slavery that they were enduring in Egypt. And so they're on their journey now from Egypt to Israel. And so it shouldn't take that long. But what we'll find out is it took over 40 years. So at the beginning of this, God begins to instruct Moses, their leader. And he says, Give these uh, people the new laws and instructions on the way that I want them to live. And so we get the Ten Commandments. And so we're going to jump in at Exodus 28 through 11 to see what God said in this moment about Sabbath. And so this is what he did. And so just think about the language as we're listening to this. He says this in Exodus 28 through 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. 
This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. And so you have kind of three parts in this section of scripture. You have the the commandment, the first thing that's to, you know, keep the Sabbath and keep it holy. Then he has the details of how to flesh that out. And then God gives the reason why. And what's so interesting is that we get to serve a God of creation. And this is really God's heart in this first command, in this commandment, where he says, because God created everything and then took time to rest, so should you rest. And so thought one today is that Sabbath is a time to stop and rest with God. We have to remember and actually think back and let it affect our lives. But we need to remember that God rested. After creating everything that we know in this universe, God took time to stop and he also rested. And so this is where in the, in the explanation of God, God is explaining that the reason is, is not that just people would stop work, not just that you would have a day off, but that you would take a day off and rest with God to be with him and remember his creation. And so we, we do this and we remember that God created everything physical, but he also created everything that we know about time. And so what I love about this is that what God is doing in this moment, what he did in creation, is he created a creation rhythm of life. That he created something that goes throughout time, that we live for six days working and producing and doing the things that we think we need to do, but then it's so important that we take a day to rest. And so we hold these things, two different things. We hold our work and we hold our time. When we hold our work, we say we rest with God because as much as we try and produce and create a good work on the other six days, we're humbled on that seventh day to remember that even though we try and produce and work, God created everything. And it also changes the way we think about our time. We take a day to be with God because as much as we try, we, we try and control our time. We try and plan it out and schedule it to the T of what each day is going to look like, even down to the minutes sometimes. And we like, got to gotta get this done by this time so I can hit the traffic and get to this at the right time. If I miss it by one minute, I'm going to get stuck in longer traffic and my whole day is going to be ruined. We try to control time, but when we choose to take Sabbath rest, we say, God, you are ultimately the one who is in control of our time. And so these Ten Commandments were God establishing a covenant and agreement with his people after delivering, delivering them from slavery. So this is where we get in these commandments. We get the ones that, that are like, do not murder. Totally makes sense. I think everyone can agree. That's a great commandment everyone goes by. Do not commit adultery. Again, you know, we all could say, yes, we should not commit adultery. But then we have to, this command, remember the seventh day and keep it holy. That's different. That's intentional by God to really establish something in our lives, a created rhythm, a way to live our lives each and every week so that we're never too far from God. 
And so one of the authors, I mentioned him last week, he wrote this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. His name's John Mark Comer. And so this is what he thinks of when he's talking about resting and being with God. He says, what could I do for 24 hours that would fill my soul with a deep throbbing joy that would make me spontaneously combust with wonder, awe, gratitude, and praise? And so what's really encouraging is that now with Jesus and the understanding of what the Sabbath means for us, we're on, the, we have this unsurpassing joy that can never be quelched because we know we get the chance to be with God who actually came to be with us. And it's even more important as we enter in this holiday season, as we enter in this Advent season, that truly means that God is with us. It's his, his arrival that we celebrate in this season. And so it's our opportunity each Sabbath, if we choose to make this an intentional practice, each Sabbath is a, a reminder that Jesus wants to be with us and we get to be with him. And so this goes on with thought two now. We want to jump into that Sabbath is a time to live in freedom. And so if you fast forward 40 years from that Exodus passage, you find out that the Israelites have uh, kind of teetered on their f way that they're following God. Many of them chose not to trust God and what he wanted them to do. And so what, they begin to, what begins to happen is they get this punishment that they're going to wander through the desert until a generation passes and then they'll get to experience the promised land. And so as they're going to begin to like take the land, one more time, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments again. And so then we get this repeat of the command we're talking about today. And so it says this in Deuteronomy 5.12. It's very much similar to the same one, so I'm not going to read it all. But there's two verses that are different that will help us think about what the Sabbath means in a different way. But it says in Deut Deuteronomy 5.12, this is the first sentence of the commandment. It says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. So if you remember back in Exodus, the command was remember the Sabbath. But here it's observe the Sabbath. And the difference is, is that 40 years has passed. You have people that have been kind of teetering. They've been wavering, probably in the way that they've been keeping the Sabbath. And God's like, I want you to remember the creation but now I want you to observe it, observe it, that you just need to do it because it's going to be life-giving and a blessing to your life. And so it goes through basically the same format as we read in Exodus, and then it ends with the why being different than the why of Exodus. So it says this in Deuteronomy 5.15, it says, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. And so the reason for Sabbath has changed from a celebration of creation to now a celebration of deliverance. God wanted them not only to remember that his work of creating everything from the heavens and the earth to still do that, but now to also for this specific group of people to remember that God delivered them out of the slavery of Egypt and to let that affect our lives, to let them begin to think that every single Sabbath day at the end of the week, they're going to choose to remember that they were brought out of Egypt, that they were freed from slavery, and they get to be with God. 
And so when we're thinking about how do we apply this to our life, sometimes we need to think about our own deliverance. What has God saved us from? What do we get to resist in our culture and our society because we've been freed by God to think differently? Sabbath gives us the opportunity to think about all the pressures, anxieties, fears, and expectations that are ingrained in our culture, and we get to intentionally put them to rest. To say, I'm taking a day to let those things rest, and I'm going to choose to let God define how I find value, how I find worth, and ultimately who I am. You know, we live in a production-based culture. Sabbath lets us realize that our value isn't by what we do or what we produce or what job or how much money we make, but that we, our value comes from being in relationship with God. We were in a consumeristic, consumeristic culture, and Sabbath gives us the simple 24-hour period just to say, I'm not going to buy anything today. I'm not going to contribute to my consumeristic, I'm actually going to say I am in charge of this and I'm going to be the choice of when I choose to buy things. We often say we're too busy. Sabbath is a time for us to rest. We often think we're too connected and we are. Our phones have us connected to the internet at any time we want. I could pull out my phone right now and give you a quick Google search of whatever you wanted and I would know the answer probably within five seconds. We're too connected, but Sabbath lets us disconnect from everything else so that we can intentionally connect with God. We're too distracted. Sabbath lets us focus on what on what is most important. And so, like, you might be here today and you might be going through a rough, rough patch at your work. Maybe you're not hitting your sales goals or you're not hitting expectations like you know you want to. Sabbath lets us live in freedom from thinking that means we're worthless. It begins to give us an intentional time to find worth, to find value, and to find truth from how God wants us to live. Again, Pete Scazzaro, he says this in his book, Emotionally Healthy Leadership, about Sabbath and what it means to live in freedom. He says, for a brief moment in time, and he's talking about Sabbath here, we, re- re- we reorient ourselves away from this world and all its brokenness, and anticipate the world to come. How things on earth are meant to be, in a very real sense, the practice of Sabbath joins heaven and earth, equipping us not merely to rest from our work, but also to work from our rest. And so when we remember that Jesus is our ultimate deliverer, that Jesus has freed us from any spiritual bondage we have and even physical bondage in certain circumstances, we can remember when we choose to have Sabbath rest and a time to be with God, we can remember everything that he has delivered us from. It's the time where we get to actually intentionally Have time with God to say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a glimpse of eternity. It's a glimpse to slow down and just be with God in our lives. And so to kind of conclude this series and what we've been talking about, I have just have one final thought that relates to Sabbath, but relates to all the spiritual disciplines we've been talking about. And so thought three is Sabbath is a time to practice spiritual disciplines. 
And so if you think about all the different spiritual disciplines we've talked about so far in this series, back in the spring, we talked about prayer and we intentionally looked at what prayer means, how we talk with God and how do we practice this. We also talked about fasting, about intentionally going for a time without a meal to pursue God and to hear from him. Then this fall, we've talked about so far, we've talked about studying scripture, We've talked about living a simplistic lifestyle. Last week we talked about silence and solitude and today we're talking about Sabbath. And if you're like me, you can hear all these different practices and think, how do I find time to do all this stuff? Where in the week, where in the day do I find time to do this intentionally? And so I think sometimes what we forget is that if we look into scripture and we see the way Jesus lived, there's time for us to be able to be with him, even if we just keep Sabbath. If we said, you know what, a day in my life is going to be devoted to God, well, you have 24 hours then to begin to practice some of these disciplines. And I'm not saying we shouldn't daily be in Scripture, and I'm not saying we shouldn't daily be in prayer through whatever circumstance we're in. Like, that's what we talk about all the time when we're talking about prayers. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. And so I'm not saying that. But sometimes I think we've never let our lives slow down enough. We book every single day and every hour of those days with things that are great, but maybe they're not the best thing. So what I'm what I'm trying to submitting is an idea that maybe if we intentionally begin to think about our time with God, we would begin to have time to study in Scripture more than just clicking one chapter off on your Bible reading plan. To maybe even open a book that talks about a subject that you're interested in and wanting to, get know, to wanting to know more about in Scripture. Or you're wanting more time to be able to intentionally pray. Sabbath gives us a time to be able to do that. And so you might be thinking, well, like, how do I do this with my family, with my work schedule? How do I begin to do this? And so this is different because oftentimes we like to say, you know what? God can change you in a moment and in an instant, and then you're different than the way you came in. You leave differently, and you're living in power with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to do that today. But if this interests you, and if you're, remember, the Sabbath is to bless people, not for us to feel like we have to fill, fulfill a bunch of new requirements. But if this interests you, begin to think intentionally about your schedule. Do you have any amount of time in your week where you do intentionally spend time with God? To just say, God, I'm here with you. I'm here with me and my family. I've made this a practice, not just for me, but for my kids. And so I think sometimes we just think like, it's too hard. I'm not going to even study in scripture. I'm going to read about the Sabbath and I'm going to skip over it. I'm going to hear all the times Jesus talks about it. And I'm just going to glance over it. I don't think it's for me. And I'm just here to tell you that I think it is for you. I think if we had intentional time each week to just say, God, I'm here with me, my family, in your presence. I put my phone away, I turn the TV off, and I begin to just live and do things differently. And so I think some of us might have this thought that like, we have to be praying the whole time or we have to, to like, be in this intense, like, on our knees, in our beds, like just praying for 24 hours straight. And that's not what Sabbath is. It's a time to stop everything we're doing, a time to rest and be with God, and to live your life with him. 
And so some helpful questions that I've gone through as reading through some of these books, these are the questions that these authors say to ask yourself when you're choosing to intentionally have a Sabbath rest. Pete Scazzaro, he says to ask yourself this question when you're going into Sabbath. He says, what gives me joy and what gives me delight? And then intentionally do those things with God with you in them. John Mark Comrie says, when I Sabbath, I run each activity through this twin grid. Is this rest and is this worship? And if it's not either, either of those things, he says, you know what, there's another day for that, but that's not today. And so what I'm proposing is that you would begin to think about your life, that you look at your work schedule, you look at your church schedule, and when you come to church and you begin to think, you know, what day in my life do I have dedicated to God and to my family that is restful, that brings worship and glory to God and the way that I live my life? And so typically, traditionally, this would happen on Friday evenings. If you, the Jewish culture, they, uh, they practice Shabbat is what it's called on Friday evenings at sundown until Saturday on sundown. And it's this time that started with a meal. There's different scriptures that are read. There's a service on Sunday where they go to the synagogue and it becomes this, there's feasts and meals that they share together with friends and family and loved ones. And it becomes this beautiful picture of rest. And so I just think so many times in our church culture, maybe we have skipped over the opportunity to have these times and what we're doing where we would say, you know what, how am I going to find this? And, and so to give you personal insight, I'm not perfect at this in any stretch of the imagination. Me and Thad were sitting this week and I said, this is really convicting because I'm going to have to talk about Sabbath and explain what it means. And I don't feel like I even have a good one. And it's like, I work on Friday nights. Oftentimes I'm working on Saturdays to get ready for what we're doing today. And then Monday comes and the week restarts. And so to just tell you personally, like it's hard, but me and Danny for the last few months have been really intentionally asking about what are my work hours? When do we have time together? And it's hard when, you know, you're a pastor, you're working on Sundays, and then my wife has Saturdays and Sundays off. And so we are beginning to really look at Saturdays as how do we begin to say stop and no to everything else going on Saturday so that we can have an intentional time with God and together and our family and to be able to actually spend time intentionally in prayer together, intentionally over meals that aren't just like putting something, a pizza in the, in the oven, but where we can actually work together and be together and to rest in each other's presence and ultimately to be restful with God for a whole 24 hours. And so I just want you to know that when we begin to do this, not to do what the Pharisees did. There's a story in Luke 13, just to give you an idea of how they understood this. There's a woman that was crippled for 18 years and Jesus is there with her and uh, this is on a Sabbath and he heals her. And so this is the response that the Pharisee said in Luke 13, 14. It says, but the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. And so as we begin to think about this, it might be tempting to like, 
think that like we're becoming legalistic and we're, you know, if like you think about this, you're going to have to create a container for your life to say, you know what, the way that me and my family do Sabbath is we choose to put our phones in a box and for 24 hours we don't look at them and we choose to do whatever we can, whether we go on a hike or we go to the park or we spend time together, but we, we get rid of our phones, we get, a, we get rid of distractions. But what can happen is as we do that, when we're like, well, I'm doing all these things, I need to add more and add more to the list. And then we begin to think like, well, what about the good you're doing on the Sabbath? And so remember, the good is to be done on the Sabbath. The good things of following after God, being in his presence. The Sabbath is for the blessing of people, not for the people to feel like they have to live under all these new requirements. And so as we go into our action point today, I just want you to begin to think intentionally, how might you establish a day of rest in your own life? How might you begin to even look at all these disciplines together of what we talked about this month? And how might you begin applying those things in your life? Last week, we talked about silence and solitude, and about finding the time and the place for you to be with God on a daily basis. And so this is just for a weekly basis. But how can we do that? How can we begin to just pray and ask God to work in our hearts and begin to think about how we think about time differently, how we think about our jobs differently, how we think about our possessions differently, how we think about everything we're doing differently because we've chosen to have time to be at peace and at rest with God, to let him speak to us and let us change our perspective in everything we're doing. And so as we pray today, I just hope you might consider that, that you might jot some notes down. This isn't like a one-time wonder. You're not going to be able to figure it out all this week. But I think it's a process that happens when we begin to study, when we begin to seek after God, and we begin to let him speak to our hearts and everything that we're doing. So I'm going to pray, and I just ask that God would speak to you. And then when we're finished, we'll stand up and worship and kind of let it cement in our hearts. So God, we just thank you for this time right now. We thank you for just the opportunity. Um, God, actually, we just thank you for creation. We thank you and look back to all that you created with the heavens and the earth. And thank you for creating this rhythm and this lifestyle where you even chose as the God of the universe to take time and rest that you even commanded time each and every week to rest and to remember your creation, God, for us to remember and contemplate on all the things that you freed us from. God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, and we thank you that we can have life in you and that you free us from all the things that would try and wear us down, that would try and come against us and get us to think differently, God. But I thank you that you free our hearts, that you free our minds, God, to be loved by you, but to also go and love others. And so I pray today, Lord, that as we begin to process and think about how might we apply this to our lives, we begin to think about, God, how can I be with you intentionally? How can I become more and more like you intentionally, God? And how can I begin to live intentionally by doing the things you would do if you were me? And so, God, I pray right now that you would cement it in our hearts, 
that you would direct us to the right steps and decisions, to the right questions to ask of us in our lives, God, but also if we're married, our spouses, also if we have kids, how we raise our children. God, let us get centered and in tune with your created rhythm in life. And may we see and live differently because of it. So we just ask this in your mighty name. Amen.